Hey, it's the Left Coasters podcast. I'm Dangles. I'm Brian. And I am Tony. And you can find the Left Coasters on Facebook as well as Instagram at the Left Coasters podcast. Always hit us up with your comments and your questions and we will get them on the show. Thank you for listening. Welcome, everyone, to week eight of the Left Coasters podcast. This is the Tuesday show. My name is Tony Cavallo. I'm with Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio. I'm with Brian the Ballerina Balzarini, and we are ready to break down what has gone on so far in the first two months of this wonderful NFL season. And we can't start off without mentioning that Los Angeles football is still winning games. Rams remain undefeated. Chargers heading to the bye on a 5-2 and two record. Unbelievable state that we are in right now in California having two wonderful teams in the city of Los Angeles and also Dangles I'm going to you first because you are wearing a Red Sox shirt right now as your Boston Red Sox have headed to the World Series to face the Los Angeles Dodgers you got anything to say about this wonderful World Series is exactly what the MLB wanted out of these two teams playing in the World Series what do you have to say as being an Angelino now and a Boston fan at heart a whole lot a whole lot sexier than a Milwaukee Brewers versus Boston Red Sox uh, series I'm really excited to to have my hometown team and my adopted hometown team playing in the same uh, uh, World Series is, is amazing. I'm actually getting text messages from like like serious text messages from my friends and even members of my family asking me who I'm rooting for. I'm like, is this is this a real question? They're, 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 uh, you can't forget your roots. You can't forget where you came Absolutely from. Absolutely not. Once a fan, always a fan. Absolutely. The Red Sox are my team growing up. The Red Sox are my team now, and the Red Sox will be my team when I go to the grave in a coffin. So, <laughs> you know how I would. So I'm I'm stoked. I think they have a, a pretty. I mean, not well, not a pretty big advantage. I think they are pretty clearly the better team of mm. the two in the World Series. I think this comes down to uh, pitching, though. At the end of the day, it's which version of Clayton Kershaw do we get? Which version of David Price do we get? And whose bullpen ultimately shows up better because both of these teams have such good pitchers that both managers are going to be yanking guys at the first sign. They're going to have short leashes all over the place. So I'm really excited. It's going to be a ratings bonanza for yes, Fox. People are going to be going nuts. And it's 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 going to be completely and totally unattendable for someone like me who works on a public radio producer's salary. <laughs> I think tickets in like the nosebleed start at 650 bucks. A very, a very expensive World Series. And uh, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, game one is tonight. Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, a wonderful way to start off the World Series. Before we move on to football talk, the reason we're here. Dangles, what's your prediction? Who wins and how many games? I'm taking the Red Sox in six. I think this one is going to go. I wouldn't surprise me if it goes to seven. I think the Red Sox ultimately are able to squeeze one out. They'll come back uh, to Fenway and they'll win it in front of the home crowd and it will be glorious. They will be playing Sweet Caroline and the Standells <laughs> till the cows come home and we'll have a parade and it'll be fantastic. I can't wait. And game five is Sunday, so if you're watching football as the games go to Sunday night, turn on game five, have the two TVs going. You're going to have a blast but let's talk some football guys we had a wonderful week a lot of weird things happened Justin Tucker misses his first PAT of his career a lot of finishes that came right down to the end what popped out to you the most what impressed you the most this week out of all the games that we saw Brian let's hear from you 
I really, I, I, I'm so happy for Chandler Cannonzaro. I, I don't know. <laughs> I was just telling Dangles, I was like, as a former kicker, I was jumping up and down when I saw that kick because it, that's, I mean, that truly is a jaw-dropping moment because how bad has Tampa Bay been in the kicking game all the last decade? Yeah, they're like uh, the Chargers. They are. They're just as bad as the Chargers. So to get a guy off, you know, off waivers this off season and get a guy who's coming in and nailing down a 60-yarder like that and, to win the game in win- overtime. Baker's Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's face said it all. Yes, it did. And and it was a shocking game to begin with, and so it was nice to see a game end like that. But we had a lot of close games uh, come down to the wire. You know, Justin Tucker's kick. Everybody's everybody's kind of uh, uh, going through their 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 uh, their highs and their lows this week. But it was good to see some good kicking action. Yeah, I'm excited. We're gonna break down on Tuesday this show. We're gonna break down some of these divisions that are a little bit cluttered. We're gonna bring back the fan favorite question. We're gonna marry fuck kill these divisions in midseason form. We're gonna tell you the Left Coast's opinion on who's making the playoffs out of these clusters of divisions that we have a couple of, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, the biggest news of the week so far as the trade deadline approaches, Amari Cooper from Oakland Raiders, a former first-round pick of these Oakland Raiders, a former Pro Bowl player of these Oakland Raiders, has had a season and a half of off-his-game potential, has been traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a first-round pick nuts a first round pick for Dallas yes Dallas needs a wide receiver yes Dak Prescott has no weapons to throw to and yes Dallas is in this divisional hunt but a first round pick dangles your team just gave up a fifth rounder for Josh Gordon what do you say about this first round for Amari Cooper trade I think it is John Gruden's admission that the Oakland Raiders are rebuilding. Yes. I mean, if you are stockpiling three now first-round picks here that they have, the uh, obviously the one that they'll get uh, and then the one that they got from the Bears in exchange for Khalil Mack when yep. they sent him over there, and everybody was, I mean, laughing at John Gruden then, but now he's staring down the barrel of three first-round picks. So I think this means that the Oakland Raiders are rebuilding. I also think this means that the Dallas Cowboys finally get the stretching the field weapon that they need that they didn't have. That they were relying on Cole Beasley to do the job yep. of, uh, and I think now this gives them somebody who can draw some coverage, who can open up some of the other guys in that passing game potentially, and who's going to catch some balls himself. Assuming he knows what day of the week it is, because I'm still not sure after that hit that he sustained a couple of weeks ago that he's fully regained his cognizance of of where he is at any <laughs> given moment. But assuming that he knows where he's going to be playing now and what day of the week it is, I, I think he'll really be a big help to Dak Prescott and give him a little bit more confidence in the pocket. I think you're right. You're spot on and the Oakland is now rebuilding. They also place Marshawn Lynch on the IR versus trying to bring him back from a groin injury later on this year. It looks like they're looking towards next year and are stockpiling picks. Brian? I think what's interesting about this, from the just on paper, it kind of looks like the Dallas got fleeced a little bit. because of, I think so. Because Amari Cooper is not the Amari Cooper two-time Pro Bowl or he was you know, two years ago. Uh, but what's interesting about this, from a draft perspective, the Dallas Cowboys knew that there was not a lot of wide receiver talent coming out this following mm-hmm. year that's what made them pull those triggers because i think they looked ahead and they said well gosh we're not going to be able to get that guy there's probably not going to be a lot in free agency this coming year so i think they really believed amari cooper was a head and head and shoulders above the talent coming out this year uh in both the draft and the free agency so for them it, it, it kind of doesn't sound that bad i mean they've got a lot of other pieces but if you look at the dallas cowboys their most glaring 
glaring need is wide receivers. Of course. So it, it may not be a terrible decision. It's just going to be whether or not Mari Cooper can go back the, to that. The scariest part is, though, they're only getting nine games out of him right now because he's on the last year of his current deal. So if he decides to escape in free agency, you just spent a first-round pick for nine games. But think about what you can get in the long term. He's he's only, what, 26 years old? No, 20, he's younger. 24, he's younger than think, that, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, even, even yeah. better. Because think about now what you have. If you get Amari Cooper, let's say he gets sort of back to where he was. You've got Amari Cooper... Prescott and Ezekiel, you know, yeah. you know, a three-headed horseman, so to speak. Harken uh, uh, back to those days of the early '90s yeah. and, and Troy Aikman and, and Emmitt Smith. So, I, I kind of think that this may may end up benefiting both teams, which is a which is a sign of a good trade. Yeah. So we'll see in the long run whether this happens. I, I, if I'm the Oakland Raiders, though, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked you to go to Las a, Las Vegas. You with also more get a team picks. player here. I mean, you're replacing. You know, you had your star wideout beat Des Bryant for a few years, and that guy is is absolutely a cancer in the locker room. Mari Cooper is quiet. He comes into work. He puts his head down. He does his job, and he goes home, and he stays out of the spotlight. I think that'll be very helpful for a Dallas team that doesn't need any more distractions. Ezekiel Elliott's a handful by himself. I think he's going to fit in pretty well there. You're not going to see him have a huge impact right away. He's not going to come out. If you're a fantasy owner of his, I wouldn't expect him to come out and just blow, you know, go go gangbusters uh, next week, but I think he's going to help stretch the field out and open the running game up for Zeke big time. He needs to. He needs to. And also, if you're listening to this on a Tuesday, this, uh, this news may have already passed, but we're going to try to predict it right now. As of today, Pat Peterson asked for a trade out of the Arizona franchise. He wants to go to another team. He wants it done before the October 30th deadline. If this happens, guys, we were talking about it earlier today, but let's talk about it on the podcast. Who do you think has a chance to nab Patrick Peterson, and would you want your team to go get him? Dangles, the Patriots, you are out of the three of us right now. Your team is probably the most likely to make the playoffs. Would you want the Patriots to spend what would be a high draft pick or maybe better players on Pat Pete to come to this team? I mean, if they're going to do it for any position, I would like to see it be cornerback because we do need some help in our secondary. It would be great to have a playmaker like him. He's also an ace returner, uh, which would be, I mean, obviously we have Julian who can handle punts and, and, and do that. Quarter and Court Daryl Patterson who ran back a, a, a kickoff for a touchdown last week, which was great. He's a hard worker. I'd like to, I would like to see him on the Patriots. If we could make that happen, I wouldn't be upset with giving up a draft pick necessarily for that because we're getting a, a, a great defensive player now, and I think we need all all the help we can get on that defense. I will tell you, as, as speaking as a Green Bay fan, I don't know if I want Patrick Peterson. I don't think he could solve the problems for Green Bay. There's a lot of them, but I will say that it wasn't too long ago that this Green Bay team had a Hall of Fame quarterback, threats at wide receiver, a great offense, and an okay defense, and one man came into town by the name of Charles Woodston and changed that whole culture on defense. Pat Pete could be that guy if he walks into Lambeau. I don't think it's going to happen. Brian, do you think Detroit could do it, or do you think another team has a chance? I think Detroit has a chance, but it with Bob Quinn at the GM position, he comes from the mold of, of a New England style guy. He does not overpay for things. Yeah. There was word though that he was he was making a play for Khalil Mack. He was making a play for uh, Gronkowski, Gronkowski. So the rumor mill is that that kind of stuff happens. I would not be surprised if if it were a team. You made this point, so I got to give you the credit. But uh, Kansas City would be a really good landing they spot. They need the help. Would be a really good landing spot. They're not they don't have a ton of cap space. Uh that's kind of the problem for them right now. Uh another team that kind of gives up a lot of points that I 
you know, you can keep an eye on maybe on the outskirts the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. They, they've got some really good young DBs, but having a Patrick Peterson come in yeah. makes that team a very scary team. Absolutely. Uh, on defense, uh, at least in the in, in the backfield, so to speak. But uh, that would be an interesting play because they're really looking to seal the deal on that AFC South, which I know we're going to be talking about pretty soon. Here. Absolutely. And before we get there, though, it is the trade deadline approaching. This is probably, uh, I, I believe our next show, next Tuesday show, is on the actual trade deadline, so we might see some more trades before we record again. But there's 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 been more trades this year, I feel, so far than years prior. I don't know if the NFL is changing. People are more okay with letting go of players to try and rebuild early. Do you guys see in the tea leaves any other big names moving out there? Any predictions you want to throw out there before the trade deadline hits us? Good. Let me bounce two names off of you guys. I was just poking around a little bit on the internet. Devontae Parker from the Miami Dolphins yeah. or Demarius Thomas from the, the Denver Broncos. Yes. There's an interesting name. I yeah. thought that was kind of more interesting. Huh. Devontae Parker, once a vaunted receiver in that yeah. Miami offense, by the way. Still I, st- young, I think too. he's still young, and I think still think he's got a lot of gas left in the tank if they were to find somewhere where he could be more of a centerpiece because he's very much not that in Brocktoberfest in the Miami offense <laughs> That's right two, now. That's two big wide receivers that have come off the Miami roster. What are they doing? Like, you got if you're, a, if you're a fan, you got to be really upset about Adam Gase not being able to cultivate these wide receivers. I know. Uh, Landry was the I've other one. I've said it before. I don't think Adam Gase is a very good football coach. I think he's, he's a not good football coach. I just don't think he has the people to throw those wide receivers the balls. Demarius Thomas, though, that makes more sense. I think Miami is still in the hunt for the playoffs. I think Denver kind of realizes this might not be the year for them. Demarius Thomas could be moving by the time this show hits the airwaves, so we shall see what happens. But let's move on now to the marry fuck kill of these midseason divisions. Left Coasters. Okay, guys, it is almost midseason. It is time to figure out these divisions and who is going to be in the playoffs out of them. So we're going to go through some of these uh, close divisions. We're going to go through five of them, and we're going to marry, fuck, kill these divisions. And you're going to tell the listeners who you think has a chance to actually play in January in pivotal, pivotal games because there's some surprises out here in the standings. Uh, we're not going to talk about some divisions, though, like the AFC West. The AFC West has the Chiefs at 6-1 and one and the Chargers at 5-2. and two. Both of those teams are in the playoffs. I believe both those teams have a chance to make the playoffs the question is who wins uh, but they're both in there we're not going to count the other two teams AFC West is off the table AFC East as well it is as always the Patriots division to lose yes Miami is in the mix but Miami showed against those Patriots they don't have what it takes to uh, dethrone them the Patriots we're not talking about them they've moved on and then also we're not playing in the LA Rams division that is their division alone 7-0 and you're the only undefeated team you deserve to have the bye week in this conversation you have won that division so the uh, NFC West is also out But these other five divisions are a little bit more convoluted. And so we're going to break down right now in our favorite question, marry, fuck, kill, some of these teams and some of these divisions. Let's go first to the AFC North. The AFC North, where where real men come to play, hard hitting, and uh, if you're Vontez Burfitt, we have criminals on these teams as well. (laughs) Uh, AFC North has the Steelers currently leading at 3-2-1. Bengals are four and three, along with the Ravens, who are four and three. The Browns, I'm throwing out of the equation, Brian. You're not allowed to kill them because the Browns are two, four and one, and such a difficult schedule remaining. I don't think the Browns are a threat to make the playoffs this year. Maybe next year, it's just not the right time. They're a little bit too young, a little bit too. Hugh Jackson doesn't inspire hope. So. The Steelers, the Bengals, the Ravens, my friend. Marry, fuck, kill. This one's actually really hard because the uh, both the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens have a very difficult uh, di- uh, road ahead of them. They're playing the AFC South. Uh, they're also playing the LA Chargers. I really think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to come out simply because of their firepower. They usually play well in November. Yeah, that's usually a good sign. So I'm gonna I'm gonna marry the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I'm going to fuck the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, I just, think you have to. I just think their defense, defense wins out this league. Uh, and, and by the way, this is the worst year for defenses. Yeah. Very bad by defenses, far. by far. And we had, we thought we had a couple teams with good defenses, not so much this year. So I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and I'm going to kill the Cincinnati Bengals because I, I just think Andy Dalton's got a problem. They got shellacked by yeah. the K- Kansas City Chiefs. They they don't look uh, like they're ready for, for big time, so... You guys know how I feel on the Bengals, so Dangles, do you agree? Dangles. I think, no, I, I think that that's all right. I'm with you on every single one of those. Okay, Co- yeah. Coincidentally, though, Cincinnati might have the easiest stretch. They do. Uh, they, they, they have an easy stretch. I just don't think they're a real I team. I don't know how you go it. any other. I don't know how you go any other way. I think the Bengals are a good football team, but given in in the position that they're in, I don't think that they're going to be able to beat beat the, out the Ravens and and the Steelers, especially if 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 Le'Veon <laughs> Bell returns. Yeah, no, that creates a whole new the defense. The Steelers defense. Defense still stinks, and he's another place that I could potentially see Patrick Peterson landing. By the way, because they need a cornerback uh, as bad as anybody. They, they were one, two, and one. Now they're three, two, and one. The Steelers have found their mojo a little bit. What's funny about Cincinnati is they actually could be the first team in the AFC uh, South. Yeah, that's that's oh that, yeah, that, like yeah. that's the funny thing. They about might it. win that. Cincinnati's so, also allowed 203 points this year. That's the lot. most by far in that division. The next closest is the Browns, who are last in the division. They've allowed 177 points. So they're giving up a whole lot on. Didn't defense help that they gave that, up 40 points to Kansas I, I, City. No, true. <laughs> I agree with it all. The Bengals stink. Let's move on to the AFC South. Dangles, we gave this division to you. Dangles, I am not taking any team out of this division quite yet because they're so close in these standings right now. The Houston Texans are. On a four-game winning streak and are four and three, but those four wins have come in the uh, myriad of ways. None of them I don't know being how good. Here. Uh, the Titans and the Jaguars are both three and four. The Titans going for two in London. Mike Vrabel wanted to get out with a win. It cost himself a, a loss, really. And then the Colts are two and five. Andrew Luck is getting players back, but they might be in too big of a hole to make a make it a threat. Houston, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indy, Mary Fuck Kill. This is not an easy division to do at all. I don't really like any of these teams at all. I'm gonna start by marrying the I think the Houston Texans I think that's where I start I think their defense is good enough to hold up uh, and they don't have a very difficult schedule for the rest of the season their remaining games are against the Dolphins Broncos Redskins Titans Browns Colts Jets Eagles and Jaguars there's a bunch of winnable games in there and in that division I think it would be very simple for them uh, to win uh, enough to get to to the playoffs I'm going to fuck the Tennessee Titans because they're a good team <laughs> defensively. You sound so confident, Daniels. I, I'm not because they're a good team. They're a good team defensively, but for some reason they're just they are starving for quarterback play right now, mm-hmm. and they just can't they can't get it. And neither can the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but I, I think actually I'm going to end up killing the Indianapolis Colts out of all this because their defense is so so putridly yeah. terrible. They're not going to be able to keep teams out of the end zone. They just can't. And you you know Andrew Luck is going to have is going to so I kind of have to do it all himself. They're just not a good enough team, top to bottom, to win games. The Jaguars have proven that they can win games without quarterback play. That's kind of what leaves them in in the the void in purgatory here yeah, yeah. for me, if you will. But they're another team with that very much like like Tennessee. They have a good defense, a capable defense, and they'd be a lot better off in this division if they could just score. But neither team can seem to do that, unfortunately. I mean, t- t- Tennessee got a bad break. They 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 get that call to go their way, and we're all talking about how much of a genius Mike Vrabel is for rolling the dice and, there and on the genius, two-point conversion. Uh, uh, a genius game plan for them against those charges. They held this charges offense, granted without Melvin Gordon, to play the Tennessee game of uh, Still a very explosive 
offense with even without Melvin Gordon, they've got guys yep. that can score on you, that can get yards on you. Uh, I think the Tennessee Titans are just not a sexy team right now, and they haven't been for the last couple of years. We talked a lot about how yeah. unsexy they were heading into the playoffs last year. It's just a boring offense. Yeah. I don't think they've fixed a lot of those problems, and Marcus Mariota apparently has lost his mojo yeah. completely and totally. That's the thing. Like uh, Houston's quarterback, Deshaun Watson, has a bruised lung. He can't fly on a plane. That's how bad this lung is. Tennessee Titans, the offense looks morbid, and the Blake Bortles is terrible. I'm, I'm going. I don't know if I'd marry him, but I'm definitely fucking the Indianapolis Colts. I'm going with the best quarterback in their division. Yes, this uh, defense is terrible, but Indy still has five games against these opponents that we're talking about, and Andrew Luck will score 30 on each of these defenses. The, the Jacksonville defense is not playing well at all, and can those other teams keep up? I think Indy is in the mix, even though they're two games behind the leader right now. I think Indy is still in the mix in this division. Brian, do you have any uh, questions about what Dangles just made? No, I, I stick with Dangles. I, I I would kill the Indianapolis Colts because currently right now they have given up the most uh, points against. Uh, they also scored the most. They have scored the most. That's not saying much considering the other quarterbacks. I get yeah. that. I think there's a lot of a lot of promise in their in the run game. After like, we saw Marlon, Marlon Mack, Mack is capable of tearing off runs, and we've seen Naheem Hines is also a capable passing ca- pass catcher. You know, they're building sort of a rapport back there. But I don't think these guys have just been on the field but, all together as a unit long enough for them to have that kind of chemistry. And the defense, as you mentioned, Brian, is going to I think be their their downfall in yeah. a lot of games because they just can't keep guys out of the end zone. The thing that scares me a little bit, though, in picking the Indianapolis Colts is they're one and four in conference. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a, a of a scary thing. And I know they beat up the Buffalo Bills, a a Josh Allen list Buffalo Bills. Uh, they've got to beat somebody of, of note before yeah. they they, yes, get, they, they get my vote. Yes, they do. Let's move on now to the NFC, and we're going to start with the NFC East. That is a division I gave myself. We start off with the Washington Redskins of all teams leading this division at four and two. There is a drop off to the other two teams in this division: Eagles and Cowboys, both at three and four. Eagles and Cowboys both losing heartbreakers this past week, and the New York Football Giants at one and six. I'm taking them out of the equation. They're not going to be in this division. So I'm marry, fuck, killing Redskins. Eagles, Cowboys. I have to tell you guys, I can't marry the Eagles. I can't do it. They just don't show that killer mentality that they had last year. They are the most talented team out of these three by far. Carson Wentz is the best quarterback by far, but this team doesn't seem to have the pressure it needs to to, to move forward. And Doug Peterson even said, the pressure is off us now. No, it's not. You can't not make the playoffs if you just won the Super Bowl. The pressure is fully on you, and you guys need to realize that. I think I'm actually killing the Philadelphia Eagles because wow. the mentality wow, matters. The mentality matters, guys. You have to have a cutthroat mentality to win the NFL, and they don't have it. I am marrying these Washington Redskins. I think the Washington Redskins are going to win this division with a 9-7 and record just because they are good enough and can move the ball enough to make it work. Adrian Peterson is having a great year so far. Who knows how long he can last. Chris Thompson coming back will help that offense out a lot. And Alex Smith just doesn't make too many mistakes. Are they going to win games in the 40s? No, but they're going to make you play their game. That leaves me fucking these Dallas Cowboys because of their defense. Their defense is solid. The linebacking crew that they have is very good, and if Sean Lee comes back, it could be great. And uh, if Amari Cooper can stretch the field just a little bit, that makes Cole Beasley better. That makes the tight ends more open, and it gives Ezekiel Elliott less people in the box to run the football. Marrying the Redskins, fucking the Cowboys, and I'm killing the Eagles. I I think I would probably I would probably still fuck the Eagles. I think you, I don't think you can downgrade the Eagles to a kill as a as a Super Bowl champion who returned a lot of that team. They are having a tough time on the ground. Uh, they yeah. they miss Jay Ajayi, and you can see that. They big have nobody time. to run the ball. They they don't. They have Darren Sproles. They have Wendell. 
Cal Smallwood, and they have Corey Clement, who is actually very capable back and was a big, big uh, a factor in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Uh, but they are missing, uh, uh, they are missing a run game right now, and the defense hasn't been as far. Their secondary is very attackable. Um, you can score points on that team. Carson Wentz did complete like 81 percent of his passes on Sunday. He was like 30 of 37. Yeah. So we're starting to see him return to form. I think I'd probably fuck the Eagles. I think you're probably right to uh, marry the Washington Redskins, even though I, it sounds crazy to say that. Uh, but but the, I think they may very well be the the best team. And I would probably, I think you have to kill the Dallas Cowboys out of that because I just don't think they're, again, they're a complete enough team or a consistent enough team no. because one week they come out and hang 40 on the Jaguars, you know, and, and then the next week they can't score anything. Yeah, J- so. Jason Garrett's an idiot, so I, I can understand you trying to kill the, the Dallas Cowboys. Before we move on to the NFC North because that is the closest conference, let's go to Brian again for the NFC South. The Saints lead this division at 5-1. and one. The Panthers right there with them after a crazy win this Sunday at four and two both the Buccaneers and the Falcons are still there though the Buccaneers three and three and the Falcons three and four the Falcons just keep winning games even though they've given up the most points in this division by far Brian marry fuck kill the NFC South for me I'm gonna marry the easy one the New Orleans Saints they just look powerful just yeah, they do. Powerful. Yeah, they do. Uh, if they but could, they almost lost to Baltimore. Yeah, they did. But Bo- I think Baltimore's got the best defense in the league. And I think what we saw with the New Orleans Saints is they are as good on a- offense as any team in the league. And I think I really think that they're unstoppable. Absolutely. I get that. We're marrying that division leader. I will say, though, I think a wild card team's come out of this division. Oh, so without a doubt. This fuck is important. Who you fucking? I'm going to fuck the Carolina Panthers. Wow, okay. They, they, they're stumbling a little bit here a and there. A lot of it. A lot of it. But they still manage to win games. They still manage to win. I think that's the sign of a great team, or at least a team that is bound to win this year. Kind of like the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles were not a great team last year, but they just managed to win games. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even when they played bad, they they play uh, they they won games. So uh, I picked the Carolina Panthers because, well, just frankly, I, I think they they've shown themselves to be a good team. I'm going to be killing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. I think that's the easy one. I think they uh, had a big win this week against the Cleveland Browns, but uh, I, I don't see them pulling off major victories against teams that are, are, are playoff contenders. The Atlanta Falcons with a win this Monday night uh, I think is a uh, sign of good things, but yeah. uh, they, they've they got to figure out their woes on defense yeah. uh, first and foremost, but I, I think they got to get guys healthy. Once that starts happening, I think we're going to start seeing the Atlanta Falcons start challenging the Carolina Panthers for I that, would, that's for that why, wild card That's team. why I would fuck the Atlanta Falcons. Right now, I, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm... That's another place Patrick Peterson could potentially look at going. I mean, they're decimated. Ooh, that'd be Their secondary is decimated dirty as far bird. as injury. If they have the room to put him on there, that, that makes that Falcons defense a whole lot different. Good call, Dane. They have a decent front four. Karis McKinley's having himself a he, year. He already looks good in red, so Pat Pete would fit right in in Atlanta. So let's move on to the NFC North now. This is obviously Brian and my division. We Brian loves the Lions. I love the Packers, so we gave it to Dangles. So an unbiased opinion <laughs> for the NFC North. Right now, Dangles, we have the Minnesota Vikings leading the division at 4-2-1. and one. Green Bay a half game behind at 3-2-1. and one. The Lions and the Bears at 3-3. Three and three. All of these teams have beaten good teams on their schedule. All of these teams have lost games they should have won. And in the case of Minnesota and Green Bay, they tied a game. <laughs> so this, te- this this division is very, very close where a win or a loss really matters week to week. The Packers, I think, have the hardest schedule upcoming. So I'm interested to hear what you have to say about the NFC North. 
Well, I, I think I think I have to marry the Minnesota Vikings here. I think they're the most top-to-bottom complete team in the NFC North. They just are. Um, I, I think your quarterback play from Kirk Cousins on a week-to-week basis matters because he can be very good and he can be very bad. And that defense, same thing, can be very good and it can be very bad. Yeah. Still, they've played in big-game situations. They know how to win, and they have more than just Kirk Cousins. You've got two great wide receivers, the best receiver in football right now in Adam Thielen uh, and Stephon Diggs is no slouch himself, and uh, I, I think the running game is, uh, is though, a bit of a concern for me there uh, with Dalvin Cook, although it, uh, Latavius Murray has had some success in, mm-hmm. in his stead. Uh, I'm going to be fucking, I think, the uh, Chicago Bears. I think they're a frisky team. I like them. We've seen what Mitch Trubisky can do offensively. The defense obviously didn't have a great day against Tom Brady and the Patriots. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that the Patriots spent a lot of time during the week focusing on neutralizing Khalil Mack, and that showed in their game plan because they were just not able to get any penetration at all yeah. in that. And, and, and the Patriots are missing Marcus Cannon, one of their starting offensive linemen, and Rob Gronkowski, who is an excellent blocking tight end. We yeah. talked about this on Sunday. Uh, so the fact that they were able to do that is really impressive. Uh, and I, I got to kill the Detroit Lions. I just don't think they're a complete team top to bottom. I'm sorry, wow. Brian. I'm okay. um, you know, uh, and leave, just, just kind of leave the Packers out there. You know, and I was I was kind of thinking about this today. Like the Packers, I mean, and we've talked about this before. The Packers, they are one Aaron Rodgers injury away from being a, an afterthought. Yeah. Like, of that's course. just it. I think I, I had a feeling he might marry the Packers just because I no, think no. he— No, uh, So let, let me talk about the Packers for a quick second. The Packers right now, you need to ask me in six weeks if I'm marrying the Packers because the next five games for the Packers, it's going to make or break their season. They had a chance. The, the six easiest games on this schedule have passed, and they did not do what they needed to do to set themselves up for success. So now they look at the schedule and say, we need to win a few games here. The next five games, at the Rams, at the Patriots, home to the Dolphins, at the Seahawks, at the Vikings, okay? Seattle's still a tough place to play. Miami is a frisky team, even though it's in Lambeau, but you have four road games against two teams, three teams that are leading the division. If they go, if they find some way to go three and two over this stretch, and one of those three wins is against those Vikings, I am marrying the fuck out of this Packers team because they will win that division. But if they do any worse than three and two, or if one of those two losses is against the Vikings, the Packers are in big, big trouble and that's why i'm killing the green bay packers i i think the green bay packers have shown themselves to be a a a okay team led by a hall of fame quarterback i think the problem i have with picking either the chicago bears or the detroit lions to fuck is their schedule this is the chicago bears schedule uh New York Jets at Chicago, Chicago at Buffalo, Detroit at Chicago, Minnesota at Chicago, and Chicago at Detroit, Chicago at New York Giants. That's that's a winnable. Those schedule. are all winnable. If games they don't, them. if if they, if they pull four games out of that easily out of that six game stretch, they're 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 they if could they, don't they could pull, win they could win they if, could get that wild if card. If they don't pull four games out of that, that will be embarrassing for them because those are absolutely winnable games. That's what, the thing that scares me about Chicago is I don't think they're ready for the spotlight and quite that's, yet. And I think uh, on the note of the Detroit Lions, I think the Detroit Lions are a completely different team than they were in the first week of the of the I season. I agree with you. So it's hard to pick where the Detroit Lions are at. If Detroit Lions coming off their bye week look this good against Seattle, Minnesota, Chicago, Carolina Another Chicago matchup and the L.A. Rams. I think they could do something. They if they pull up a couple games out of there, who knows what what this offense with this offense because this yeah. offense looks uh, very very I, good uh, right now. I'd probably kill the Lions. Uh, I don't think they can do it. I think that schedule is tough. But I'm not ready to marry Chicago either. But let's move on now. We've uh, we've told you who we think are going to be the playoff teams coming up. We will know very soon what they will be because this NFL season is f- floating away, guys. It's floating away. We're already in week eight. We're almost halfway there. It's starting to get really tough. 
to make a gravestone pick. And I'm I'm not excited about this next section because yours truly is picking third once again, and I might get screwed. So let's move on to gravestones. Left coasters. And now it's come to everyone's favorite game of the week, the game of gravestones. This is where the three hosts of the Left Coasters podcast decide to take a team and put them into the ground for the 2018 season, declaring that they will not make the playoffs in January. We've done this a few weeks now, and the teams are starting to pile up. In fact, we have three teams that we've all killed together, the San Fran, Giant, the San Fran 49ers, the New York Giants, and the Buffalo Bills. The, the key to this game, and the reason why I'm nervous, is if a host picks a team, the host following him cannot pick that same team. Brian won the weekly pick'em last week with an amazing record, which we'll get to on Thursday, so you'll be leading. Dangles, you're second, and I am third. What conference, Brian, are we going into this week? I would like to go with the NFC. The most uh, difficult division. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble, conference. Strap in, boys. I'm in trouble. So without any further ado, let's go into Tony's funeral this week's Gravestones. Mr. Balzarini. Yes, sir. This season, other than the teams that are in the grave pool, you've also killed the Chicago Bears and the Arizona Cardinals. The rest of the floor is open, so please step up to the altar, do the sign of the cross, and let us know who's going into the casket. This week, my first week, I will be killing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Unfortunately, gentlemen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the most difficult division this year Mm. and will more than likely be bringing up the rear, Mm. which means they will not, I repeat, not be making the playoffs. Yep. Good luck to you both. Well, that, that stinks for me. Dangles, you have a chance to really screw me or take the easy road out. You've killed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Detroit Lions. The rest of the floor is open. Who will you choose? Screw them, Danks. Screw them. Any day now. We may not be here again. This week, (laughs) I'm going to be killing the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, good day. That's not what he good wanted. Day. That's not what he wanted. That's, not, that's great. I think the Seahawks stink, and okay. they're not going to make the playoffs. Fair okay. enough. Seattle it is. My turn. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Detroit Lions are the two teams I have also killed. Damn it. Dangles gave me a, a ray of hope. And even though I may have fucked this team in the Mary Fuck Kill division preview, which you've heard earlier in this show, I have no faith in Jason Garrett to keep his job. I think Dallas could be, I don't know, frisky, but not enough for me to save them from their demise in this week's version of Gravestone. So Dallas, you are dead to me. And that is this week's Gravestones. Thank you, Dangles. And that's it for the week 
8 Tuesday edition of the Left Coasters podcast. I live to see another day. Good for you. Oh, man. Watch Dallas go on like a 10-0 streak and win the division. But that's it. <laughs> I am Tony Cavallo. I'm with Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. And that's the Tuesday show. Come back on Thursday where we'll do the battle for L.A. and do the weekly pick em where, again, Brian had a wonderful week and won himself the uh, the week. He won himself the week. We'll see if that led him into any closer in the season-long standing. But for everybody, let me say goodbye to you. As always, you can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, The Left Coasters Podcast. You can email us, theleftcoasterspodcast at gmail.com. And we will be back here on Thursday. But for now, say it with me. Chargers charge! What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access.